You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Art of Craftsmanship podcast. My name is Dustin O'Hara, and I'm here with my brother and co-host, Devin. Hello. Devin, what do you got for us today? When you've managed to stumble directly into the heart of the unknown, either through the misdirection of others, or better yet, through your own creative ineptitude, there is no one there to hold your hand or tell you what to do. In those bad lost moments, in the times when are advised not to panic, we own the unknown and the world belongs to us. The child within has full reign. Few of us are ever so free. <laughs> that <clears throat> I like really working hard to pay attention to that whole thing and try it's, to bring it all in. It's a lot. <clears throat> it's oh, it's man. you know accept the unknown. I guess is the gist ah, of it, right? Right. Um, yeah. Facing the unknown. So yeah, whether you stumble, I liked I liked whether you stumble in by myth, misdirection of others. So if right. someone leads you into something unknown or what you think is bad or your own, your own right. creative ineptitude, which is funny, <laughs> which everyone has a little bit. And then you, right, you stumble into something you weren't ready for, but you end up, oh, that actually, that's kind of cool. That works. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminds me of that Chris, uh, was it Chris Rock uh, bit or is it Chris Rock or is it, uh, no, uh, David, uh, what's his name? Um, <clears throat> Chris Angel. You take no, taken into the ghetto. 
Oh, uh, Dave, Dave Chappelle. <clears throat> Dave Chappelle, when you're not <clears throat> ready for the takes, ghetto. Yeah, you're not ready <laughs> for the unknown. You, yeah. you just stumble in. You're for like, wait, m- we've got to make a quick stop. A quick stop. <laughs> you took me to the ghetto. Gun store, <laughs> like store, uh, gun store. Gun store, because our gun store. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> Man, uh, that's, yeah. That's funny. It's your advice not to panic. In the unknown, yeah. the world belongs to us. I like that. Um I, I don't know. It's it's a cool spot to be, right? Everyone thinks they yeah. know everything, and all of a sudden you're, I have no idea what's going on right now. Right, yeah. And I don't know. There was two things that made me think of that. Um, one, it's just good in general for creativity, I think, to, st- I guess, stumble into unknown or maybe someone leaves you there. But that's cool. You, you start to figure out something new. It's fresh. It's exciting. And then the other thing was today I was driving to the store and um, driving on the highway and the guy to my left, I look over, he's passing me and he just has his, his uh, arm up, like showing his muscle, like when you do a flex, (laughs) I look over and I look away, like maybe he, maybe I just caught him doing something weird, you know, sometimes you do weird stuff in your car and people see you, (laughs) but then I look over and he's still flexing, he's nodding at me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like so that, strange. I was like, "Is that like a? Is he coming on to me? Yeah, is right. It, is he hitting on you?" And yeah, at first, yeah. I was thinking maybe. Um, I was thinking my vehicle, but I was driving the other car that has no bumper stickers or anything because right. my other one has like sports teams and stuff on it that maybe he could be like, "Yeah, right on." <laughs> like, but I was driving the Rav Four, and that's got nothing on it. That's so funny. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is he, is he a big Toyota fan? Like, he loves, <laughs> he loves hybrids. Like, yeah, yeah go nice. for it. That gas mileage, like it. That power, which is not that, really that, there. That's that, great. T- that torque. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that battery actually, torque. actually, with the Rav Four, you have more horsepower in the hybrid than you do the standalone uh, gas one. So there you go. There you go. Maybe that was it. He's like, oh, you got the powerful version. Got that hybrid. Nice. <laughs> That's funny. It reminds me of uh, <clears throat> the show How I Met Your Mother. There's uh, an episode where they go uh, out to a, a gay bar, so they find out that Barney's brother, who's played by... Uh, what's it? Not Cuba Gooding Jr. What's the the comedian, the black comedian that's on, like, uh, whose line is it anyway? You know oh, uh, about? Brady. Yeah, right, exactly. Wayne Brady. <clears throat> he plays Barney's brother and uh he they, it turns out that he's he's gay and so they they go out to a gay bar as like a bachelor party and all the guys are like all impressed because people are hitting on him. They're like, Oh, this is great. Like <laughs> make me feel good about myself. Like, no, I'm not gay, but thank you. I appreciate that you noticed that I look good. <laughs> I'll take a free drink. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, I will. I will yeah, so I don't know. Maybe you. since we got the bear thing going on, maybe he wants uh, yeah, to right. wrestle like, with oh, yeah. cuddly bear. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I just nodded. Actually, I nodded back, so maybe I should have been. <laughs> nice. follow- like, That's right, buddy. He's going to fo- follow me to the, the Wegmans. Yeah, right. You went to Wegmans. I know what you're doing. <laughs> tap, tap my foot under the stall. No, no. I didn't mean it. I was just being friendly. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, that's great. A journey into the unknown. That was a journey <laughs> like into the unknown. I, was, I have I have no idea what he was doing. <clears throat> I, have, I, can, yeah. I can't think of why. Stumbled into something. I, mean, I don't yeah, know what's happening here. <laughs> my best guess is sexual. <laughs> Not <laughs> that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, right. You're like, hey, that was me. That's what <laughs> yeah, I would have yeah, done. Right, yeah, yeah. Hey. You flex a muscle, give him a nod. Yeah, yeah. sounds about right. I see you, Red <laughs> Four. <laughs> um, I don't know. That, that was just, it's a good one in general. Um, but the, I think that's. Uh, 
Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I like the child within us as full reign, right? It's yeah. it's kind of fun. It's it's um yeah, I like it. I think that's a perfect that's a perfect like mindset when you go into something new to go in with that kind of childlike mindset where you can go in and just explore and have fun and like mm. do whatever mm-hmm. you do because there's no uh there's no expectation that you're good or you know what you're doing. Right. Um so you can go in with that pure like just let me let me see what I'm doing. Let me try and let me play around and, yeah. and maybe I go this way. Maybe I go this way. It doesn't matter. There's no expectation. There's no mastery there already. So you can just kind of explore the medium or the mm. new skill or the new area you're in in like pure childlike you know exuberance. I like that. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> and it's um I guess the pressure isn't on usually with something right. new, right? You're just like whatever. I tried it. If it doesn't work, that's cool. I um right. I used to get. Uh, real anxious and um, for people who don't know I do sports production and sometimes I would do uh, live sports production and there's trucks and stuff that you have to go to and go to different venues constantly you're meeting different people all the time right. and I used to get a little anxious just because it's always something where am I going to park do I have passes mm-hmm. I got to find the producer I got to find the, the guy the director in the truck I got to talk to him what does he want me to load in but then I switched my mindset on it's, it's something new. We're just going to go in. I'm going to a new place. I'm yeah. going to meet new people. This will be fun. This will be cool. This is something different. I'm driving somewhere different. I'm going to a different nice. part of town. I've never seen this stadium, you know, and that, that really helped. Um, yeah. Still still a little annoying, but. <laughs> right, exactly. And I guess that comes with knowing what you're doing also in your job. Yeah. So you're confident that you, once you get there, you'll be good to go. Yep. And a little bit of that wasn't there when I started. <laughs> Obviously, you're like, ooh, I'm a little nervous. I haven't done this stuff, but. By the time you've done hundreds of shows, you're, I guess, just happy right. to be around. Hey, guys, how you doing? Hey, let me yeah, talk to exactly. this person. Hey, who's right. this? Hey, can I talk to Is the director in here? Thanks. You know, you just yeah. get used to. Uh, you've had that conversation. Right. You have, you have the experience. You have the mastery of what you're doing. You know right. that when they, when they put you wherever they're going to put you, you're going to know what you're going to do. Yeah. And when they throw some weird <clears> jargon <throat> at you, you know. <laughs> right. You, know, hey, yeah, you, you, you got the gates, that. right? You got all the gates. Yeah, I'm, I'm gated up. Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then sure, you're right. asking people, well, how do I get a gate? What is, <laughs> what are the what's this gate thing? <laughs> <laughs> <It's>, <clears throat> I tell my students all the time, you know, just have fun and play. Like, don't worry about what it looks like. Just play. Just try to come up with some ideas. Just, you know, if they're working on a drawing, just start somewhere. Just put some lines down and just go for it. And that that mindset comes with. Uh, experience and mastery right because when you're starting out it's really hard to do that it's really hard to let go of the control and just do what you're going to do once you've gotten the control once you've gotten the mastery of that thing that you're doing then it's a lot easier to let go because you have this experience like you're saying you've already done it you know it can turn out a certain way so then you're not worried about starting out bad or wrong or right and it ends up not working because you already have the experience you know that it will work eventually and that you can do it so you're not worried about making the mistakes and so i try to tell them that i'm like just just have fun just just do some lines just start drawing or start painting or you know start building something and yeah well i'm trying but 
I don't know what to do or it looks really bad. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter what it looks like right now. It's just a way to express yourself. <laughs> just put it out right. there like, well, they, it's really hard for people learning new things mm. to do that, to be able to push past the fact that they don't already know what they're doing and they're just going to explore right away. So yeah. I realized over the years that I have to kind of give them a different perspective when I do that. You know, it's like, I'll give them more direction. All right, we'll start out this way. You know, give yourself... 20 straight lines and just draw 20 straight lines on your paper using a ruler in any direction, like make a web. And mm. then they start with the web. All right. Now you have this weird pattern of lines. Now, what do you see there? Do you see some intersection here? Are you looking at a bunch of triangles or do you see a bunch of shapes that are being put together to make some type of creature or something? And then go yeah. with that. <clears throat> so I got to give them kind of a springboard to spring yeah. them into that creative mindset instead of just like, go ahead, do whatever you want. Right. And they're like, oh, I don't, you know, try to juggle everything without it, knowing what you're juggling. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> that baseline inspiration that everyone needs. Yeah. yeah. Um, to start right. a project, artist or writer's block, something like that, where you just yeah. don't know where to start. You have no idea. Some night, sometimes you need to go watch something or look at things and right. get inspired and you go, man, wouldn't that be cool? I want to try something like that. And then, you know, then you're off. Right. Off then the you races. have that, yeah, that baseline, somewhere to start. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, and you know, I could talk to other artists and say, let's just go out and, you know, we'll bring a bunch of supplies and we'll just play. Right. And they're like, cool, that's great. Sounds right. awesome. They <laughs> right. understand that, right? They've already mastered one thing, so they, they know I can do this. So I'm not worried about making a mistake in this new stuff because eventually, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do, so it'll probably work out. Right. And if it doesn't, no big deal. You right. know, I'm good at what I do. But yeah, when without without that kind of level of mastery or, or uh, experience, it's hard to be able to jump off without any type of starting block. So. Right. Sometimes you're there. There's no one to hold yeah. your hand or tell what you what tell you what to do. Right. And, um, and to be able to have that kind of childlike freedom in that moment, it's my perspective is that I could do that, but that's because I have the experience of you know, mastering my craft or at least, you know, doing a few things really well that I know I can do well. Yeah. So I can go back into a new thing with childlike excitement because I know that I can probably make something out of it. That will be fun. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> um, I guess when I'm trying to think of ideas, like, like anyone, you've got a different process and mine seems to be just driving in the car with the music on low. Hmm. Um, unless it's, I'm going to be inspired by some type of feeling, maybe different right. types of music, but usually I, obviously I can't listen to podcasts cause I try to, f I focus in on them. Right. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking, uh, well for one, I, I used to, I had, I had a truck that had no radio and I used to go on these long drives to visit my buddy Steve <laughs> and it was like an hour and a half ride each way. And that was too much time in my own head. <laughs> I could have really weird thoughts. Like I would just go and go and, and I'd be weird by the time I got to him. He'd be like, what, what are you talking about? What's going like, on with you, dude? I'm sorry. I've just been in silence for an hour and a half. Had a weird <laughs> highway meditation. Like I need, I need some music. <laughs> it sounds a bit too much, but I was thinking, um, so I have a game dust. All right. Um, <clears throat> that we can continue down the line or not. We'll see. Um, right. I'm going to call bet. It's called bet or no bet. It's like deal or no deal, except for there's no women, there's no suitcases, and the game is nothing like it. But, <laughs> Why are we playing this? <laughs> yeah. There are no women. I, I could send someone there. Get, get your wife to come in with a suitcase. Um, bet or no bet. Okay. It just, uh, yeah. So bet or no bet. 
I was thinking on a drive. Um, there's a lot of things we want to be true, but then I was thinking if there's a lot of money on the line, would you bet that it is true? Ah, right. So Ooh, it's like okay, it's like let's say, well, I'll give you the first one. Just it's a lot of these are random. I wrote a bunch down that just popped into my head. Um, and I was going to do some with tools and stuff, but I, I just thought of a bunch of random ones. The first one is Sasquatch. <laughs> now, oh. now what the game is, is if there's a hundred thousand dollars on the line, do you bet that this thing, that this statement is true? So it would be cool. Like if you said, right. is there maybe a Sasquatch? I'd say. Yeah, maybe. That'd be cool. I would love it. Yeah, I'd love it. <laughs> that'd, that'd be something right. out there, some creature. But uh, if there's $100,000 on the line, do you bet or no bet? I'll start out to tell you, I would say no bet. I would uh, go, if there's money on the line, I'd say it's not true. I would like it to be true. It'd be a cool thing. Right. But I don't think it is. So what's your, is it bet or no bet for you? Uh, hmm. <clears throat> it's funny you bring that up because I've just been watching uh, Les Stroud, this Survivor man. He has his yeah. YouTube channel. Yeah, those are great. And he's been going into some stuff about about Sasquatch or Bigfoot, mm-hmm. uh, and he's going yeah, into he had- it with a kind of the documentary mindset that it, that he's in that situation. He'd love for it to be true, and so he wants to go and find out as much as he can. You know, he's a he's a he wants to know the facts. He wants to get as much information as he can. He wants to have his own experiences. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, that's a great series, and he's that's yeah. so cool. He's putting all a lot of his stuff on YouTube now. Yeah, so just go to the Les Stroud, and he's not only is he putting like comment director's commentary, or I guess you can call it director's. It's his commentary, but he was right. the director, cameraman, star, yeah. which are really cool. He just sits down with a glass of wine and talks and about talks it as, as yeah. it's watching it. But he also, yeah, he's been putting up some of his um his Bigfoot stuff. Yeah, which so is cool. interesting. Yeah. So. What do you think? Better no bet. One hundred thousand dollars. Um. So, but you would find out like someone knows for sure, right? I would like, say you're yeah, talking it, to God, and God says right. yes or no. <laughs> right. <laughs> so There's either, a person you, who has right. found <clears throat> the fact. Right. And he's he's going to tell you right away if it's true. Obviously, I cannot right. tell you. Right. Exactly. But yeah, what you you put your money on? You'll either have no money. Or <laughs> he's going to hand you $100,000 cash after you get it right. Hey. Well, I'm going to say, see, so it's funny. So the uh, in the, the documentary, Les uh, interviewed the guy who was one of the two guys who took the footage of Bigfoot that we all know and love, of Bigfoot walking sideways, right? right. The sideways the, walk. Yeah. Right. So he was there. There were two guys. They were both riding on horseback in uh out in california and they came across a bigfoot there and it was across the stream and or crossed over the stream and one guy jumped off the horse and started filming and then the other guy was there kind of grabbed the other horse and was trying to kind of grab you know the pack horse and the other horses horses while the one guy was filming so the guy who was on the horse is not filming he's the one that less interviewed <clears throat> and he's gone through obviously he's, he has his beliefs of what they saw and um and he's interviewed different people, uh, some people who give the opinion that Bigfoot is uh, is some type of alien, right, that has been put here. Um, and 
has different types of powers, so can <laughs> can disappear, right, or can appear. So in that situation, right, it's it's this being that is oh. here to well, real quick. I would say if it was a bet or no bet that Sasquatch not only is here but was an alien from another planet, I'd definitely say no bet. So <laughs> I'm going to double down on my no bet for the alien uh, Bigfoot. But See, go but on. But that to me seems more uh, something uh, otherworldly. Right. There's a reason why there are all these people that are having these encounters, but there's no evidence. It's yeah. Because and 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 if there's a otherworldly explanation to it, then I might bet yes. But so you would just you would yeah it would be a bet. But I still think it's it's too there's there's a reason why there's not enough evidence, and like I said, it would have to be like God, right, saying like this is all these things that I've created. Yes, I've created Bigfoot and there is a Bigfoot on your planet. So, I don't know. I'd say why not bet? I'll say bet. Well, not not why I mean, yes, that's fine. No, if that's I know, I agree. But yeah, why if not? There's a lot of money on the line. Right. And they're about to give you the actual answer for $100,000. You would say yes, Bigfoot exists. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, well, yeah, I, I have think- the answer here. <laughs> <laughs> I have one of the Hendersons here. <laughs> Harry. <laughs> I have the answer here. Hello, God. <laughs> um, okay, I got some more. Well, we talked right. about aliens, so aliens, bet or no bet? I would bet. Yeah, now that to yeah. me seems more plausible. Yeah. Because yeah, and, we and know yeah. we know the earth. We've right. we've spanned it and been around it and we're everywhere with cameras. And we don't see that. We don't know anything past the moon, pretty much. I mean, we right. kind of we got some pictures of stuff, we think. Right. There's so much stuff out there. We have no clue. We are just, we are ants in a patch of forest, right? Right. <laughs> in a 10-foot patch of forest that we've lived all our lives. And then we see, if we ever do, we see that human foot come by and then walk away. Right. <laughs> Those ants have never seen a human right. and they're only they only see it once. So the idea that someone could see it once and never see it again, that that makes sense to me. Right. Yeah. Because even even the ant to the earth size is much not even as large, obviously, not even close yeah, to as right. large not as, even close to the scale as, as earth us. compared to the the, the, the whole universe. universe. Right. So uh, a human steps by to an ant and it's amazing and they've never seen anything like it. Yeah. And they can't even comprehend, right? Right. Uh, that seems plausible to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're before the internet and TV. So less than a hundred years ago, there were people in parts of the world that would have never left, you know, a 20 mile radius of their home and they would never, ever see anyone else outside of that area. Right. You know, it's only because we have access to the whole world now that we can see everyone. Obviously, there was documentation of other people living on the other side of the world, but they had yeah. no proof themselves. They didn't see it. You know, mm-hmm. they might see a picture or something in a newspaper or, you know, know the history because of their teachers who've learned about it. But yeah, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it seems naive to think that we are the only, um, beings in the universe. Right. And that's the definition of alien, right? Is anything outside of this world. So right. alien to our world. So another living thing or, uh, being that's not part of our world. It's just, yeah, it seems, 
it just seems there's too much space out there to not have anything else. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a good yeah. bet. Yep. Um, uh, let me see. I will think. <laughs> Here's what I came up with. The art, of, the art of Craftsmanship podcast will become more popular in subscribers than the Knife Talk podcast on the Makery Network. Oh. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> I'll, I'll say mine is a no bet. <laughs> They're starting ahead of the game. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, the one thing that we have that's a little different is that, well, our our topics are more expansive, mm. right? So, Knife Talk Podcast, it's it's directly talking about knives. Now, they obviously do talk about all sorts of stuff, and it's hilarious, and I love their personalities, and they'll go into all sorts of different things outside of knives. Right. That's one of your that's focused. One of your, that's yeah. one of your favorite podcasts. Even yeah, before absolutely. we joined the Makery Network, you talk right. about it, even before yeah. we got involved. Um, but I'll say I'll take the opposite note on that because they have dialed in right. to exactly that the um, that group. Right. Right. Yeah. So sometimes if you dial into your niche, you can run a lot better than casting yeah. a wide net. Right. 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 And yeah, uh, yeah obviously we're uh, a, a tiny point something of yeah, what they right. have. 15 <laughs> video, video, 15 <laughs> podcasts in or whatever, you know. And, and they are the starters <laughs> of all this. Right. Pulling yeah. people in and making this great network. I just thought yeah. that'd be a fun one, but I would say yeah, no bet fun. on that one. Hmm. Yeah, I I will also say no bet. Uh, I think that um, there's a devotion to this media that Craig has that really pushes what he does mm. and keeps pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think uh, we have a split devotion to the channel and this. Right. Yeah, they, they're pretty much focused on that. And obviously, Craig is, they're all knife makers, so he has his business, but his his reach to the world is through this. And he, does, he has some videos and, on YouTube yeah, as well. Yeah, they have their, they've got their, some some successful stuff on their channels too. Right. Yeah. But yeah, even so, I think, I think the, they're going to push further and harder all the time for Knife Talk podcast than I think we will mm. at this point. Who knows? But I'll say no bet. <laughs> <laughs> But everyone, thank you for listening. We appreciate. Yes. <laughs> we will continue every week, absolutely, <laughs> to bring half half uh, nonsense to you. Half, <laughs> right. We will get into uh, the knife stuff. Talking about videos, and yeah, right, exactly. After Talking this, about we, what we made, but we will talk we about. Um, no, I thought, uh, and uh, the cool thing That's about all this YouTube and podcast stuff is we're all bringing each other up, so it doesn't really matter. But. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we'll, we'll all work to make the best podcast on the Makery Network. Yeah, I um, I recently put a comment on one of Craig's videos he put out maybe two weeks ago or so. Um, and I was like, oh, this is great, you know, awesome video, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Just some, just a nice comment. It was, it was fun to watch. And, mm-hmm. and he, he reached back out and he was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, thanks so much. You know, now I just got to figure out a way to get our, my subscriber numbers up. So everyone has their niche, right? <laughs> Everyone's got the thing that they're good at. Like we right. have, you know, we're almost hitting a hundred, we're cl- getting close to a hundred thousand subscribers, but you know, knife talk, knife talk podcast has 50,000 listeners every week. 
Yeah. So they're, you know, we each have our thing. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. And, and yeah, no, his, his videos are cool too. It's just, yeah. he hasn't done as many and put as much time into it. It's, it's the right. same way. And you never know. There's plenty of people who get a uh, shitload of watchers for yeah. some one, one video that gets 25 yep. million and then, then you yeah, blow exactly. up and it is what it is. It will. Yeah. If you're making yeah, quality, like, if uh, you're making quality, it, it'll grow. Right. Yeah. Like, uh, Andy Rawls, who we had on as a guest, he he mentioned that too. You know, well, it was like something like his fourth video blew up. Yeah, millions. Hit a million. Yeah, it's now it's got something like twenty five million <laughs> views on it, and it's a spoon carving video. Right. Um, I didn't really realize. I know he mentioned it, but I didn't realize I was. So he was actually just on another podcast uh, recently called something. I'll find the name of it in just a second because you know I love to shout him out. He's a great dude, uh, and it was a really good podcast. But um. He uh, he talks specifically about the guys from Demolition Ranch, the guy who runs that channel, and he talked about a little bit on our podcast that he had his buddy from Demolition Ranch um, pushed him to start making YouTube videos, uh, and then also pushed his channel as well. So I think he said he filmed like the first one or two videos. He actually was holding the camera and doing it, and then you know propped him on his you know shouted him out on his channel. He's got over ten million subscribers now. So, you know, it definitely helps when you have somebody at the Man. top of the game say your name and, and they're like True. 1 million views on that random video they have. True, but even people. even that, that won't do it for you unless, no, you, have, yeah. unless you have good content. Absolutely. I, I think there was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what's her name? Anyway, there was uh, some woman on, um, on Joe Rogan's podcast and he's had her yeah. on multiple times. Um, and she, uh, she has a small, actually maybe her podcast is bigger, mm-hmm. but she has a, a pretty small YouTube channel and she's been on Joe Rogan's podcast many times. Yeah. And, he's and like, then you go top. like, wait, she should be blown up. Like right. she's been on the biggest podcast in the world yeah. many times and her, her YouTube channel isn't blown up even though it's, it's really good. Right. Yeah, so who knows? <laughs> right. Who knows? So yeah, I was gonna say the uh, the podcast is called All at Sea, the All at Sea podcast with Billy Lister, and uh, he had Andy Rawls on. They had a really good conversation <clears throat> about making and inspiration and and uh, their faith, and it was it was really nice. So, but, uh, oh, but yeah, he well, talked a little bit more there specifically about uh, about how the guy from. Uh, the demolition ranch, you know, kind of helped him out and pushed him along and still, and still pushes him along. He's like, why don't you make a crazy video about carving something wild? You know, like, why don't you do this and this and this, like do something <laughs> that's crazy and wild and it'll, it'll push your videos. And Andy's point of view is, you know, he, he has something that he does. He loves making furniture. He loves traditional furniture and woodworking and joinery. Right. And so he wants to make, he could, Kind of saying he 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 enjoys doing the videos, but it's not really like his passion. His passion is the furniture, so he'll continue making the videos because it helps with revenue and helps to keep you know money coming into their family as a right. you know person as a family. But really, his passion is the furniture. That's what his his legacy is: is that furniture, mm-hmm. what it's going to last over time. Yeah, and so he'll set up the camera and he'll do the videos because it helps. And he enjoys doing it. He does re- he does enjoy reaching out and you know being part of that maker community, but. 
but yeah, it was his buddy from Demolition Ranch was like pushes him to do all these wild stuff. He's like, I'm I'm happy just doing my my videos. And like you said, he has he's got the niche right. He does it in a good way. People enjoy watching. Yeah, what he does. But he he does some. He he's doing the great. Um, the Argosy. Yeah, the trailer yeah, right the, now. The he's, trailer. That's really coming right. along. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah uh, the 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 woman I was Bridget Fate Feisty Feisty P H E S. P H E T A S Y, P H E T A S Y, Fetacy? Fetacy. Fetacy. That's it. Fetacy. Anyway, okay. she, she does. Um, she's pretty funny. She's kind of. It's more political stuff. Right. She was on Joe Rogan, but she's a moderate. You know, one of those things. Started as a liberal, mm-hmm. slightly conservative, ended up somewhere in the middle. But she's a comedian, and she does funny yeah. political stuff. Makes fun of everybody. <laughs> um, but awesome. she was on Joe Rogan. And her channel has like twenty five thousand subscribers, so right, it's not yeah. only the shout out, even though yeah, she does exactly. good con- content too. Um, right. But uh, anyway, here let me see. Let me pull up. I got a few more of these. Bet or no bet? All right, I like them. These are fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> here we go. The COVID lockdown will be over by twenty twenty two. Uh. <clears throat> bet that's good yeah again I, it's it's these things you want them to be true right and but i think that's enough time yeah i think so too. I, I we <laughs> we all hope yeah the whole world hopes that i don't think we will last as as a uh yeah, <laughs> planet pretty much right, exactly <laughs> all types of <laughs> not only economic but yeah, I guess social just, social strife. Everyone, right. we need to get back together. We need to stop being yeah. separated by all this. And the only way we're connecting right now is through, you know, shitty social networks. We're all right. just yelling at each other, yep. even though we're really not. It's only a yeah. couple people on either side. Yeah, exactly. I don't think uh, we'll last if we if we stay separated. Right. I was <clears throat> listening to uh, so. The, another podcast, Making It Podcast with Jimmy Duresta and Bob Claggett and Dave uh, Picciuto. Um, Jimmy is out in California uh, shooting the Making It uh, documentary or the Making It series with, uh, uh, what's his name, with um, Amy Poehler and uh, the guy from uh, Parks and Rec, the other guy. the, the maker Ron dude. Swanson. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> He's a... Um, uh, the way he's shooting uh, the series with them, yeah. So, so Jimmy has done it since the first season. I think this is season three they're doing now. Um, oh, cool! He's I there didn't, know, as I didn't like, know he was in that. Yeah, so he's he's kind of the, their main go to maker, uh, idea crafting person. So he's like the expert in the shop to help nice. him make stuff, help him like finesse their ideas and give them inspiration and talk through their things and give them pointers and stuff. So he's been in it since the beginning. And actually, um, they have, there's, there's a couple few, a few funny videos of them together, uh, because Jimmy and what's his name? Ron Swanson. Dang. Oh, uh, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Thank you. <clears throat> Jimmy and Nick have been friends for a couple years and, you know, for the last 10 years or so they met through Jimmy's brother, who's also in TV and has done a bunch of different video, uh, diff- different TV shows and stuff with Jimmy over the years, um, and introduced him to him. And, and he tells a story where, uh, Nick reached out to him and was like, Hey, I'm heading up to Canada to get 
some stuff this weekend. You know, I need, uh, are you available? Can, can we use your truck to go get some stuff and bring it back? And, <laughs> or do you want to come with me? Something like that. You know, I'm heading up. Do you want to come with me? And Jimmy's first reaction was like, nah, I'm busy. You know, sorry, I can't do it. You know, whatever. Wait, he and said that to like, Nick Offerman? Yeah. Oh, you know, he's like, I can't, you know, I, I just, and you know, and Jimmy's always busy. He's always doing a thousand things. So it was right. like a legit, you know, a le- legit reaction, but it's yeah. that reaction. It's that like, oh, I'm busy. I can't do this tomorrow. You know, like, it was like, can you right. go tomorrow? And they thought about that night. He was like, why not? You know, like, it seems like a cool guy. Like I met him through my brother. It, it might be a fun opportunity. I don't, I'm not really that busy. I'm, I'm busy, but things can wait a couple of days. So he called him back later that night and was like, you know, can I still do it? Are you, is it still available? <laughs> so then he went with him, went up to like, and this was before Parks and Rec. So it's not like Nick Offerman was super famous because of Parks and Rec. Right. You know? So he just knew him he was as just another a dude. Uh, uh, guy with a shop, a woodworker. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was a guy who liked to make stuff, but he was like, he was a comedian, you know, and, and an actor uh, mm-hmm. that Jimmy's brother knew. So yeah, like I was going to say, if, and, if yeah. he said no to Nick Offerman now, right? Exactly, he's a fool. Nah, I, I <laughs> no, want to take. Like, I, yeah, years I want to take a trip in a truck up to Canada with Nick Offerman. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I want to do. All. <laughs> yeah, be, right. It'd be great. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, he so he called him back and he was like, it's still, he's like, I'm still good. You know, you want to come with me? So they went up and got some stuff and came back and and. uh and has have had a really cool relationship ever since. So, um, but Jimmy's been on the in the show with him and Amy Poehler for the last couple of seasons. So he's out there. But the reason why I was talking about this is because he said um, uh, when he was going out, he packed his bag to go out to California for this next like month or so, and he's going to be out there over the election time. So he was like, maybe I'll pack, you know, he packed like an extra dagger and a couple hats and he <laughs> a bunch of flashlights and he, his like American yeah. flag patch to put on his hat just in case, you know, like <laughs> whose side case. am I on? Yeah. He's like, if, if shit gets crazy, like I might have to crawl, you <laughs> know, it. like belly crawl back to New York from California and like, what do I need to bring with me just <laughs> in case the world goes crazy in the next uh, election? That's funny. I thought that was so funny. Is like, he's packing all this stuff. Well, what about this? What about this? What if I need this? And it, all these tools and stuff. Obviously he was going to work on the show and help out in the shop. So he brought a bunch of his own tools and things, but that's cool, man. I, <laughs> I didn't like, know he was on that show. That's cool. I, I haven't yeah. really watched it, but I love all those people. Yeah. Uh, Nick, know, Offer- so Nick Offerman, Amy Pooler. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay. That, that was a good one. So yeah, yeah I, I would bet too. That's a, I think it will. And I hope mm-hmm. it will. That's a double bet. And I guess um, also it kind of depends on what our, what our definition of uh, like quarantine is done. And because obviously things are well, going to change I would say like the out, lockdown. But, uh, right. I guess most business has to be open. Sports has to be open. I would think right. all that stuff. Um, yeah. Okay, a, a couple quick ones. Um, right. uh, Leonardo DiCaprio will be married one day. He he's never. He has always pretty much. If you if you want to look at a lot of beautiful women, look at his past girlfriends. <laughs> I don't think he's ever dated anyone over 25 and they're all the models and uh, yeah. it's what a, what a lineup. Uh, I mean, he's almost, I guess he's almost 50s in his 40s. I'm going to say bet. Mm. I think, I don't know. I think eventually, I think, yes, I think eventually he will get married. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'd say, say bet. I'd say yeah. no bet. But um, it's not a bad. It could go either yeah. way. I, I would yeah. say no bad. 
think, I, I mean, guess yeah, that's there's a bunch of different people like George Clooney. You know, it took him a while. He eventually he, same thing. He he was single for yeah. Long time, now he's married. Maybe once you hit fifty, almost sixty, yeah. <laughs> and the ladies. I mean, but they'll still come in, and it's still it's yeah. Leo. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess eventually it does get a little weird that you're only dating twenty three year olds. Yeah, right. Eventually, you just got to stick with one. Um, <laughs> will <laughs> McDonald's still be in business in a hundred years? Uh, <clears throat> bet. Mm. Yeah, you know, originally. Originally, I said 50 years, but I thought that was too soon. I think 100's a little bit more of a question. Yeah. Uh, Not only are are a lot less people eating fast food already. I mean, in the last 10 years, there's been a huge change in what kind of food there is available and the food people want to eat. I I assume McDonald's will change with the times more, just like you you can get an apple with a Happy Meal. Yeah, which exactly. wasn't a thing when we were kids. No, right. Yeah, <laughs> I would have thrown yeah, that think, apple in their face. I think they're they're too big to be gone completely. Too big to fail. Yeah, I think I think yeah I think they're gonna change with the times and then I mean you know I don't think there's any less McDonald's now than there were twenty years ago. Maybe. Maybe there are. There might be less in yeah, the U.S. I mean, their their spread though throughout the world is probably right. bigger because they keep going out and mm-hmm. pick it, picking new countries to open up. Right. It's it's almost like Coca Cola as as a big name that ever everyone knows it. Right. So I would think some random country who got one who didn't have one would be pretty excited, even though their burgers aren't great. Yeah, I mean, McDonald's <clears throat> does have the best fries. I'll right. say that <laughs> it's the novelty, you know, yeah. like around the world. I think that's where that kind of comes into play. We're still in the, I would say, relative early stages of what they could be as a world, as a global thing, you know. So I'm sure there are technology countries around the world. Yeah, you know, because they what they started in the 50s or something. Yeah, and so it's been 50 <laughs> years, and they they expanded completely to all of America, and then and they're expanding out, and they're all over the world now. But yeah. they're still expanding out, right? They can still put more out there in the world, right? When I went on my honeymoon to, um, we went to three different places. We went London, Paris, and then Rome. Um, the amount of fast food in these cities was um, slightly frustrating. <laughs> right and actually the funny thing really? is i think i think i feel bad about this fact but i think we may have eaten mcdonald's in each country <laughs> now that was because we only had three days in each place right and we did go to small restaurants and found little places and and bakeries and got all that stuff and croissant and all that but every once in a while we'd be beat from going around all day and there was just a mcdonald's there you know, you were just like tired and you didn't, you didn't want to go into a place and try to figure out the language and order something weird and get beef tartare and like, oh man, I guess we'll just get more wine and cheese. Um, so we, I think we did maybe go in one place, one, one, but it's cause they're everywhere. Yeah. Just right. like here. It's, it's, it's so there. weird. Right. When we, um, when we went from Paris to Versailles and we got out of the train station, the first thing you see is a KFC. Nice. <laughs> like you see the KFC. palace, you see, kind of see the top of the palace out out on the hill, and then you see a KFC. It's just like oh my, that's gosh. awesome. <laughs> it's been everywhere. I don't know. I guess we export some of our shittiest stuff. 
<laughs> to country. <laughs> but, you know, fast food's fast food, so there you go. Um, and I will say they also, it's almost, the McDonald's is different, for yeah. one, where over there. It's almost they're trying to make it quality, which right. I think once you start doing that, it's you lose the idea of it. Right. It's got to be quick mouth yeah. pleasure kind of thing that, right. yeah, you're probably going to feel like crap afterwards. Right. But for, for six bucks, you should be able to get something that right away is good yeah. and quick. <laughs> and uh, that's it, why, it, yeah, that's why it's fast food. Right. And right. now, you know, unfortunately I feel like they're getting more expensive. Like I might get a, whatever Big Mac mm-hmm. meal with a large fry and a large soda it's almost ten bucks. I know, and I can go to freaking Five Guys, Five Guys. and get a, a burger and fries for ten bucks, right. maybe twelve bucks. Yeah, it'll like, be a little oh, bit more. Sure. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. We, uh, my wife and I were talking about that. We went to yeah. McDonald's, and the two of us got stuff, and it was like that'll be twenty three. We're like, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> we can go to like the other chains, but that are quality chains. Like you right, can go yeah. to Panera. Or yeah. Five Guys or, right. or Chipotle, or Chipotle. Or, yeah, right? Exactly. Something like that, and get yeah. at least some decent food, right? <laughs> um, okay, for <laughs> that, quick, I will. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say no bet. I don't think I don't think I'll list. You're betting against McDonald's. Betting against McDonald's. Don't let them hear this podcast. I'll be dead by the time <laughs> they can't get yeah, my hundred thousand exactly. dollars. You're not gonna know. <laughs> um, That's great. <clears throat> that one. That one. I that might be it. Oh, I. Back to the the um, paranormal, yeah. Ghosts, Ooh, nice. Ghosts, bet or no uh, bet? Yeah, bet, bet. You'll bet for that. Yeah, yeah. Ghosts yeah, are that. That's another one. I think ghosts and aliens. They that could be real. Yep. Uh, the Bigfoot thing, maybe not. Um, yeah. I think I, I'd also bet on that. I have a. I have a few. I mean, I've never had any experiences with ghosts, but I have a few uh, people who are close to me who I trust that wouldn't lie to me who have told me experiences that that they've had. Well, they might lie ghosts. to you. They might. It's pretty awesome. They might lie to you. So I don't know, but yeah, I would bet. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, like I, I would also bet. I think there's enough yeah. weird um, energy things. I mean, right. just the fact that you can read energy waves and all yeah. that type of stuff. That's all. Uh, weird science that we don't even know anything about yet. Whole other dimensions that I, I don't think humans have even touched on yet. Right. Um, so I definitely think there could be something there. So I, I bet for that. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. And the final one. All right. <laughs> Will Donald J. Dick J. Trump. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> wait, wait. Will Donald J. Trump ever shave his head bald? <laughs> so the bet is Donald the, J. Trump uh, yeah, J, will... yeah, Donald Trump shaves his head. Will uh, he? Will he lose the the silly facade of his hair? No, no bet. No bet, huh? No way. How is he, how old even, is he now? Even if he lives twenty more years? Nah. Nope. No bet. He will not do it. He's gone <laughs> this long. There's no reason to go. That's true. He's in his seventies. He's still yeah. hanging on. Yeah, I mean, he might, he might do it at his house, you know, but <laughs> in in the in the privacy of his own abode. But no, <laughs> yeah. no reason to. It's funny. I just I imagine looking like uh, uh, what's the guy? Uh, obviously, like every time I try to think of someone's name on this podcast, it always blanks out on me. But in the uh, in the Iron Man movies, is it um, 
the guy who plays like his partner, Tony Stark's partner, who's got the bald head and the beard. Mm. It's uh, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Oh, that's not his partner, though, is it? Yeah, it's kind of. He played like someone that was in like Stark Industries. Okay, the dude goes bad. Yeah, 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 the dude. Yeah, like he like has his head shaved and a beard. I imagine (laughs) that's that's what I want to imagine. Donald Trump ass. Just like grow a beard and <laughs> shave he your head. Right. Just awesome. embrace it. What are you doing? Yeah. We know it's your hair's terrible. Yeah. Like oh, give it up. You're so in your seventies. What what are you hanging on to? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, looks, grow the beard uh, out, shave your head. That's where I'm going. A, a breeze, yeah, me too. A breeze yeah. comes and you horrify people yeah. all around the world. <laughs> yeah, the so, whole yeah. comb over or like the, the horseshoe hair. No, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> not doing that. No, that was it. Uh, you know, you guys can bet on home if you want to. If you want to guess who wins the election, go ahead. You do that at home. But we'll, we'll talk about his hair here. The, yeah, exactly. Country. I was like, oh, where are we going? <laughs> it's, oh, let's get political. He's <laughs> gonna shave his head. <laughs> no bet. Nah, he's he's gonna hang on to that till till his deathbed. Yeah, um, I will say also no bet. I I I would like him to shave it. I think that'd be that'd be a good thing for everybody. Um, So we don't have to look at that anymore. All right, right. that's it. That is bet or no bet. Man, that That was awesome. That went on really long. (laughs) (laughs) It took us in all sorts of different avenues. That was great. I love it. (laughs) Telling stories and stuff. (laughs) Took us from no bet, no bet to Jimmy Duresta in California and making his way back across the country (laughs) and meeting Nick Offerman. Shoo. So we we can do that um, later in other episodes if something comes up. Yeah. Like, Like when there's an answer, when there's something you really can't answer. Right, right. I mean, you can, but it's just, what do you think? If there's money online, better not. Oh, I like it, yeah. Okay, let's dig in, finally. All right. <laughs> so what we're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> yeah, so our, our idea today was to talk about the Railroad Spike Knife video. Uh, and I like, I like your quote. It kind of went along with jumping into a new thing because I've always wanted to do blacksmithing, and it's something I just more recently jumped into. Um, and... I think again that I was able to go into it with a relative amount of comfort because of my, you know, my experience with making other things. So I had knife making knife making experiences, and I have you know doing the heat treat and things like that. So I've already kind of worked around the forges, but I've never done a ton of shaping. I've done a little bit here and there just for fun but not a ton. So kind of going, getting into blacksmithing, uh, the railroad spike knife was maybe my uh, third or fourth knife that I had forged out from a piece of steel, you know, forged out the blade. So, uh, it was still relatively new. I have made, um, uh, a blacksmith knife. So that's basically a knife that has the, the handle and the blade. Everything's made out of steel with no wood, no, no, um, scales or anything on it. So just, purely made out of steel. Usually you draw out the handle to a long, thin point, maybe about 12 inches long, and then you curl it back into itself. So you create the handle by curling the steel back around. Um, and the reason why we kind of wanted to go into the railroad spike knife was because this is something that has been around for quite a long time. People have been making railroad spike knives for a long time, and there's there there's a whole range of opinions on the quality of a railroad spike knife. Uh, 
you know, is, is it something that can hold an edge? Is it good steel or bad steel? Is it, uh, it should you have a twisted handle? Should it be look like this or this? Uh, and there are, there are tons of videos on YouTube with people making railroad spike knives. And my point of view going into it was this is a chunk of steel that's relatively three quarter inches or so square. Uh, it has a built-in pommel, the end of the spike, right? The hammer, the head of the, of the nail. Right. And it's a chunk of steel that's relatively the right size to shape, to draw out a blade out of and have enough for a handle. And I think that is what draws people into making knives out of that because it's already a pre-made shape and size to make a knife out of. And it right. even already has a point on the end. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, its profile almost looks like a knife already. Yeah. And so I'm, all I'm you sure. have to do is draw down that blade and then there you go. That's it. You've got something that you were able to, it's like just taking a blank that's already kind of, you have that, that point cut into it and just drawing it out. So it's, mm -hmm. it's a really nice piece of steel to make into a blade. Yeah. Um, so, and, you know, I think that's why I was and, drawn to it. And cool. it was, it, I mean, there are so many available railroad spikes. Right. <laughs> at least th at least there was, right? Right. I mean, yeah. There has been so many made, millions yep. upon millions of that yeah. specific chunk of steel. There's, yep. There might not be anything that has been made more than that shape right. of steel, right? Yeah. To the expansion of railroads through the country and throughout the world. I mean, that, that yep. one thing has been made so many times. Yeah, because been... for every railroad tie, there are two plates that hold the railroad tie the railroad to the tie and then there's four spikes two on each side right that go into the tie right so out of all the components of a piece of railroad track and you know and the bed that lays on other than the gravel <laughs> right that's that's going to be the most plentiful thing and it's a thing that will come loose and have to be replaced more often right um i've i don't remember where i heard this from but it made sense that with uh, people who work on the railroad, when a when a spike comes loose or is coming loose and it can't be reset and needs to have a new spike gone in, or if they, you know, it rusts out and it's kind of popping up, they'll pull it out and they'll toss it aside and put a new one in. They'll just toss it into the gravel because mm -hmm. why would you take it with you? What's the point? You can't reuse it. Then you right. just got to pay to dispose it, dispose right. of it, right. you know, and they're not, they're not, using old railroad spikes to melt down to make new steel. So that's why right. people find them, right? Because they're just laid out all over the mm -hmm. place. Anytime one comes loose, they toss it aside and they just it's, put another one in. It's as prevalent <laughs> as railroad ties. Right. But much more so. Right. Yeah. We can all absolutely. find railroad ties for our for our garden. Yeah. Or at least here in the US we can. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, our, right. That was one the thing our dad always always yeah. always did was mm -hmm. if there was any wall or anything that needed to be up, he would get a hold of some railroad ties. Yeah. And and build a build a, a retaining wall, something like that. So for every one of those, like you said, there's four, four ties. Spikes. And and mm -hmm. as a th this has happened all over the world, but as in the US as a growing country and out in the West where you didn't have much steel, you didn't have much metal. Right. Stuff like that was kind of valuable. You'd pick up, and I'm sure a lot of them did make um, all types of tools and knives out of them. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and one of the um, – I went through and I looked at a bunch of the comments and things, and uh, one of the comments 
and I'll get to it in just a second, was about uh, knowing what type of steel you're using. And actually a lot of comments were on that, you know, how do you mm. know if this is hardenable steel or not, or no, no railroad spikes are made out of hardenable, hardenable steel. This is not a good knife or right. that's great. I'm glad you used this certain type of knife and they make great knives, certain steel and they make great uh, knives yeah. and I want one, you know? So, right. um, I mean, uh, Brian Frizzle commented, how good of steel is the railroad spike? I've heard pros and cons, your opinion, love your videos. Uh, I've heard different things as well. I, I haven't done a ton of research to to verify what I've heard, but I have seen in my own experience that you can find on the end, on the hammer end of a railroad spike, it'll say uh, like an H um, or I've seen M. So those could could be verifications of hardenable steel or mild steel. And mm. I, one of the comments, um, I don't remember if I pulled it specifically, but was, uh, someone saying that when they use spikes on turns in railroads, like a sharper turn, they use mm. hardened steel cause they'll last longer. Hmm. And then when they use them on, you know, straightaways, things like that, that aren't, aren't going to use as much, you know, not as much like left and right, uh, tension. Yeah. Then they use mild steel. I always oh. had that, that thought too, like why, why the different steels? Yeah, but that makes sense. You know, where they would need something that's going to have, uh, you know, an area that's going to be more uh, heavily used and a lot of pressure put on it. Mm. Maybe that. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> but but yeah, there's definitely uh, there are definitely lots of comments back and forth of uh, people who've used knives over the years. One of the first videos I ever saw of a guy making railroad spike knives. It's an older guy, uh, you know, an old country dude somewhere with a nice southern accent and, uh, in his probably 60s or 70s, and he was making uh, a knife out of a sp spikes, and he just had a big old pile of them in his backyard, you know, rusty <laughs> spikes. He just picked one up and wire-wheeled the rust off and put it in the forge, drew it out, you know, twisted the handle, shined it up, and in his videos talking about, you know, he sold hundreds and hundreds of them. That's like what he does. He's like makes railroad spike knives. Right. So yeah, there's, and, you don't, you don't make hundreds and hundreds of knives that are trash. Right. <laughs> you well, don't keep selling knives. If your knives right. aren't holding an edge, if they're all made I of mean, mild steel. So it depends on your price point. Yeah. Obviously right, you're too. not going to spell, you're not going to sell one of those for like, a, it's not going to be a 300, $400 knife. Right. And if you are selling it for it's probably, you know, you're, you're charging people too much but um yeah, yeah. it's people like the look of it they yeah. like that it's something repurposed um, yep. a lot of people like trains right a lot of people yeah, like railroad right, exactly. stuff anything to do with it it's got a, such a cool interesting history and to think yeah. of where that spike was um yep. and even if the steel is uh, not as much it's it's not the same quality as something right yeah. as a really good knife it might break down in 2,000 cuts instead of 10,000, <laughs> right? Right, exactly. Again, yeah. it's like how many, yeah. uh, how much are you going to use it? If it's an, if it's your EDC, maybe not. Maybe, right. but it probably won't be. Yeah, It'll right. probably be something you have in your shop just that's kind of cool when you cut stuff every once in a while. And maybe over its whole life, you'll only use it to cut 1,000 things. Right, yeah. 
It's, it yeah, might exactly. not be the You're super not, steel yeah. that can cut every day without being sharpened for right. years. Yeah. Maybe not. I, but. I wasn't under the impression that this knife was going to be used for backpacking or, you know, for anything where right. no one wants that heavy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It still weighs like a quarter of a pound, right? As opposed right. to a bushcraft knife, which weighs just a few ounces, <laughs> you know, like five, 10 ounces or something. If you get Yeah, a, it's, a really it's, you'll one, probably so. just like it and you'll have it around. It'll yeah. be something to talk about when someone comes in your shop. Shop. Right, exactly. You're like, oh, like I found I this old. I found this yeah. old guy who does it. Or if you make them yourself, which yeah. is cool, you'll be like, hey, I made this. I found a right. few at a uh, yard sale, and I made this, this knife. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it has. Again, it's goes back to I think the initial shape. It just lends itself to be made into a knife. You know, you have the right amount of steel yeah. to be able to draw out a blade mm-hmm. to still have a handle. Uh, the handle is relatively thick enough. You know, I think that's why people twist them because then it makes it round as opposed to like a square handle. You get a little bit there. Obviously, if you're going to, you know, with most of them being twisted, that's not a comfortable handle. You're not going to whittle something with it. <laughs> it's really, right. It is just for opening boxes right. using in the shop. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for what we did, you know, I, I like the look of the twisted handles, but I wanted something that actually did feel a little bit better. In the yeah. hand. No, that um, one really feels really yeah. nice. So you drew, um, drew that handle out, you know, into, I uh, flattened it down some and drew it out so it was a little bit deeper. So it actually had some palm swell to it and uh, had a little bit, a little bit more of a hand, more of a handle to it. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I don't know if you want to do a synopsis of what you did, but it's pretty, you've kind of talked about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and um, you go over in depth in the video about each, each right. step. I mean, yeah. But really just, you know, just, uh, Getting into the forge, uh, heating it, heating it up enough to draw out the general blade shape. Um, so I, I did that first. Um, I think maybe I drew it down. Uh, and then again, thinking about the handle, what I wanted to do with the handle. So I wasn't worried about getting a perfect blade shape cause I knew I'd be able to grind it. And I was going to grind the, the bevels in right. and shape it. So I drew enough material out so I could actually shape the blade and then, uh, go into the handle. Now the trickiest part about making that handle was uh, getting a good transition from the hammerhead down into the handle because I'm actually like striking with the hammer and without a ton of experience, you know, I don't, I, I don't have very much experience as a, as a blacksmith and with, you know, with actually hammering and, and my anvil is shitty and um, trying to uh, aim my blows right at that edge right past the hammerhead without hitting the hammerhead to mm-hmm. preserve that shape. So trying to draw that down and then out flat. Um, I knew, I, you know, I was able to get the pretty much the right shape without having to do a ton of grinding at all on the handle, which was nice. Uh, but I wanted that kind of palm smell and swell in the middle and to taper up to the front and then, you know, back to the end of the hammer as well. And then, you know, went through the process, uh, did all my primary grinding. So grind and ground most of the material off for the bevels. And then went into the heat treat, did the heat treat, uh, and checked it. That was the other thing. You know, I, I didn't, I didn't check beforehand to make sure that the steel was hardenable, but again, those, those clues to what I had, um, it was an older steel. Um, it had, I think it had the H on the end, maybe the HS, or hardenable. Um, so then I did the quench and then tested it, you know, made sure it would quenched hard and well. And if it did, so I knew I had a hardened blade, at least hard enough, uh, you know, do the, 
do the temper afterward to bring that heat down some, to bring that hardness down some, and then went to the finish grind. Uh, the only, the other nice thing I like about those is that you can get that forge scale on it, and it, it resembles the original blade. You know, I mean, the original spike, right? Because it has that like dark quality or rusty. It's not they're not like super shiny steel, so you kind of yeah. preserve that look of it. So you get a dark, you know, the the dark um, handle and all, and then and the bevel ground into it with the the bevel shiny and the rest of it dark. It was fun. Yeah, and I noticed in that one you used a lot of different um, grits. And uh, a, a lot, and you use the one by, um, right? And that was before we had the you had the, the revolution, right. the revolution grinder by uh, Brian House. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a good video to even though you did have your nice forge, but you could have done it in a bucket forge. Yeah, right. Um, and then your grinder is just a it's a small Harbor Freight um, yep. grinder, and it just shows that you can you can do these things and um, yeah yeah try them at home. It's a great. Um, and it does, you say right at the beginning, hey, this is not, this is how to, but it's not like a guide from a blacksmith. Right. You can right, see those. Right. There's those already, but you're going to try it. It's the same thing you did with, we yeah. did with welding and things like that. We're just going to continue to try new things. Yeah, right, right. And And as long as you end up with something you like at the end, we're, we're going to show it and we're going to make a, a, a video out of it. And. Dustin, we we never, except for the welding was like the first time that you were welding and stuff. We showed that on camera just because we thought that was interesting. But usually Dustin would go, hey, I'm thinking of trying this thing. And then we go like, okay, we'll try one first. Get it all down. And then then, (laughs) then we'll we'll shoot a video of it. On on your next go around, you you might not have all the facts and all the tips but you'll have a better feeling of how it goes. and Yeah, or it usually goes the other way, where I, I'm excited about something, so I try it, and then I'm like, oh, we should shoot a video of this, because right. this is cool. You know, right. I, there, there are things that we'll do like the stool and the blacksmith knife or the, uh, the, this, you know, railroad spike knife, but that's, you know, I've had some experience with like, like the railroad spike actually right. was my second railroad spike knife. So I had done it once. Right. Um, but that's, you know, I get excited about something and then I try it and then, um, I'll think, okay, this, I'll put that in the back of my head. Like this would make a cool video down the line. Mm-hmm. And then that way, oh, so that way I, we can bridge the gap between a, uh, you know, a how-to video and then just a making video that I can talk about. Like, this is what I've done here. This is what I think works. And this is the tip that you wouldn't get from just watching the video. Yeah. And that's usually what I want to talk about in the videos. It's like, Oh, let me say something real quick because this isn't really self-explanatory from what I'm, what people are seeing. And it's, right. it's a thing that I'll do because I thought about it a certain way. Yeah. Um, um but yeah, <laughs> watching, yeah. Watching the video again, I, uh, a couple things. I I dialed back the music a bit too far in that. Um, uh, there's a happy medium in the middle somewhere, I guess, where people get pissed if you make it too loud. <laughs> this, this, I can't hear anything. Why is this loud guitar music? Like, but then if you turn it down too low, it's not effective at all. It's it's almost like a background elevator music where I think it should be a little bit more than that. Um, even though that's not what it's about, but it, I have to find, and which actually the last one, the um, the pirate uh, saber, I turned it up a little bit more. I think I'm finally, after, <laughs> finally dialing it after in. <laughs> 60, 70 videos, hour long videos almost. We uh, we're figuring it out. <laughs> but listen to that, I was like, man, the music's so low, and that's a different, uh, you know, when when I edit 
I've got earbuds in, so that's right. different. Yeah. It sounds different. And then the um, the way YouTube compresses stuff is so weird. It uh, mm. really throws um, the quality off, the, the colors, and I feel like right. the sound changes. Um, I don't know. I'm, we're still figuring that out. Uh, we'll, we'll get that down eventually. <laughs> uh, but it was cool. And then... Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, I like the. Uh, I love. I love shooting forge stuff. Um, right. So cool with the flames and the and the the immediate change. Usually it's usually yeah. it's dust. It's you working on something for two hours until we see anything. Maybe we don't. Right. Maybe yeah. something's just glued up. Right. Okay. <laughs> All right. But this is see immediate. Tomorrow, Every yeah. hit you see the metal move. Every and it's it's a. Uh, um, Maybe the closest to I don't know if it's ASMR, but it's it's the closest <laughs> to a nice like rhythmic thing that pulls yeah. you in. Yeah, and it's long. It's it's a lot of it. Rewatching right. it today, there was a lot of you hammering it, and right. that some because you're newer at it, right? right. Someone could yeah. maybe bang it out a real black uh, a real yeah. right old school blacksmith would blacksmith, be hitting yeah. it hard with a nice anvil and be hitting it mm-hmm. only in the fire a few times and then you'd have it. So it's a lot of that, but it's also yeah. I didn't want to cut out too much of that because then we lose what you're actually doing, and that's right. constant. Where we don't want to, I don't want to cut out so much where it's just it's all fast forward and it's all yeah. just ends up you don't see it. I wanted to show as much of we ca- as as we can, but right. those parts I always like. It's it's fun to shoot that close up, yeah. <laughs> really hot stuff. Even though yeah. there's been like a lot of times where I, scale, I, I shoot back at yeah, you. I get yeah. real close to the forge, and then I I think Dusty knows. So I like back off, like ooh. I, mean, I, was like, the I don't realize well, I was like a close. foot away <laughs> until everything's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Until my my hand is burning, or the front of the lens is like really hot <laughs> you're like oh man yeah all of a sudden the camera the, the view gets a little wonky right. oh like, man your your lens protector is <laughs> melted right <laughs> boy melted glass that is hot tell you one of the things uh that you mentioned like the rhythm of the hammer there's something to it uh i think uh alex Steele has done uh music and rhythm to his hammer beats whether that's the power hammer or his hand hammer since from the very beginning, I feel like when he first started making videos and that always was really cool to me, you know, it's like, yes, you're matching the beat of the music to the hammer. That's so cool. Right. <laughs> it, it gives you that like, boom, boom. And that's, you know, you see when you see blacksmiths and they're hammering, bump, 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 bump. And then they pull, they, they flip the, uh, the piece they're working on and then do it like a ding, ding, you know, they'll tap yeah. twice and right. they'll go back. That's to keep the rhythm, right. Cause they're yeah, doom, yeah. Doom, hit, 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 flip it. Bing, and they'll instead of just stopping that right. weight and that pressure, they'll tap, you know, dink, dink, or and move on, and that you know that sends a message to their the people who are working with them as well, right? That when I've I've seen oh, some right, uh, right. Japanese blacksmiths when they're making uh, swords and things, they'll they'll have four or five people who are all hammering in a circle, bam, 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 bam. Yeah, you know, that they'll, mean- they'll do a dink, dink, you know, hit one, hit one, keep going, keep going. Then they'll do a little dink, dink. You know, you hear that double one, and okay, this is the last round. Mm-hmm. Right, so you're like sending a message as well, but that that rhythm and that beat, there is definitely something to it. And uh, you know, some people say it's you don't have to do the tapping; that's just a habit. I think I think there I think it happens enough. 
that I think it is something with the rhythm, you know, and, and if, if nothing else, right, you don't want to yeah. just like hammer and then pull your, your hammer up and then just stop. Yeah. The, the stopping Ugh. of the movement yeah. takes more effort than the continuation of it. Even yeah. if you're not working yeah. on something, it's like, um, I don't know. I feel like we compare the work to playing instruments a lot, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. the same thing as playing guitar. Right. When you're playing a guitar, the strumming, it's this constant, it depends what you're playing. If it's electric, right. it's kind of different. But if you're strumming along kind of a jam yeah. song or any kind of, they call them cowboy chords, stuff like that, right. yeah. you're in a big group of people, up, down, up, down, up, down, mm-hmm. up, down. You're constantly going, even if you're not hitting on the down or the up, you're right. still doing that stroke, up and down, up yeah. and down. You're and, keeping the rhythm with your arm. And, and when you stop... You're still up, down, up, down, up, down, and yeah. kind of, kind of muting it, muting yeah. it with your palm, and then you kick back in. It's just keeping it going, yeah, um, keeping that rhythm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> there was um, one of the comments uh, going back to what you're talking about, kind of getting in the rhythm of doing, uh, you know, filming with the right music. Um, there people always comment, which I always liked. I was like, Oh, the music's great. Occasionally we'll get someone who will be like, what's with the music? Like, this is horrible. It's the worst music I've ever heard, which is like, funny. I'm like really? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, this person, Anthony Gatley said, uh, great looking final product. Also a fan of the lighting you use in the videos, the warm light, the warm color, as opposed to cold white led panels that every other channel seems to use these days. Mm. Um, and, some some of that obviously is the necessity of what we're doing, right? This is in my shop. This is the lights that I have in my shop, but that's also a choice. We've definitely chosen to keep those lights and we keep buying light bulbs <laughs> that are matching that warm light. Right. There is a nice, there is a really nice quality to that with all the wood and the tools and everything has this kind of warm quality to it. It feels nice. Yeah. And, and the lights we have used are more, they're not LED panel lights, even though right. now LED panels have gotten much better yep. in uh, dialing in the color temp. Right. But yeah. we, we, we have a few older lights that will crank up and uh, they kick off some light, but we'll usually hit them off a bounce board. It's the warmth. Not only is that what I like, and I think what Dustin likes. It started out as Dustin had the the just normal, old school filament bulbs all yep. around the shop, yep. strung up, right? And that's just a good look. Um, mm-hmm. If if I'll say that's they're everywhere. So you constantly have um, edge lights. Yeah, and and you. If if you're shooting someone, a, a lot of times the standard is a, a three light setup. Right. You want your key light on one side, which is the brightest. You want a fill light so the shadow from the key light doesn't get totally black. And then you want an edge light or a backlight right. yep. just to edge them to make them look nice, to make them pop out. Around a shop with stuff strung up everywhere, you have that everywhere. Yeah. So you're always that. getting yeah. that. They're, the lights are always... Multiple sometimes it's weird. Sometimes the lights aren't right. And yeah. maybe I'll suggest Dustin move or we'll move one a little bit. Right, yeah. But a lot of times, some of those swivel ones, I'm I'm aiming just either to hit something behind him or maybe hit his shoulder. Right, yeah. Just to give that edge light, which is just a classic um, shooting technique. Yeah. And that, <clears throat> like, I've obviously set up my shop with the amount of lights around to be able to give me light in different areas. But I have that one that's right above, behind, above me, 
and when I'm when we're doing the intros and outros, that's up to my left, your right in the videos, uh, and that one is there to to shoot down on my bench, right? To give me sh light on the chop saw, light on the bench, and then I have one on the other end of the bench. So they're both, you know, one aiming at the vice, and that's really just to give me plenty of light. But that does do that, right? That gives you both that like that edge light in the background, mm -hmm. which is cool. I didn't even thought about, it. but you always yeah, I, I always imagine I want to put that light down more so you can't see the bulb light yeah. but then you always like you aim it up a little bit so it hits yeah. the back of me it's um and, uh, it's yeah it's it's a part of the uh it all depends on the look you want right it, right traditionally yeah. maybe you wouldn't want to see any lights in the background right but so many people do that look now and in a in a studio especially not with traditional lights right in your in in the in your studio there's lights everywhere so it doesn't matter if they're pointing right at the camera you're not worried about flares yeah there's always a light so yeah, exactly i tilt that back one up to give you yeah. an edge light right it doesn't yeah. matter that it's pointing at the camera it's not blowing anything out and it's not right. getting any flares yeah. so it's more about your 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 edge light yeah, and and that you know, that serves a double purpose of being like obviously there's a clamp light here above the bench to give give us light on what we're working on but then there you go. It's a perfect, perfect thing to give me a little edge light too. There you go. It's funny when you talk about you talk about that in the perspective of a filmmaker. Uh, our buddy Tom um, Turbo Simons on Instagram and on uh, on on uh, YouTube as well. He do, he talks about edge light all the time mm. or rim light. Rim He's light. He's always yeah. adding in rim yeah. light, and that's. I mean, I think he has some background in filmmaking too, so I'm sure it's some of that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's his background in filmmaking. It's background in gaming. You know, you want to give that, yeah, you want to give that edge. He talked about it all the time. I was like, oh yeah, that rim light. That's cool. There's, yeah, there's a lot of, um, backlight, edge light, rim light stuff. Um, uh, lights in the eyes, right? Spotlights. That's why a lot of people you'll see in YouTube, they have ring lights in front of them. Right. To give them that small pop in their eye. Uh, that yeah. looks nice. Um, that's just a cool look, that little circle. Um, you could do it with a standard thing, but a lot of people don't. They're not going to do one bright thing straight at them. It's either going to be a panel or like a ring of LEDs, and then you can cool that off nice and get a good look to that. Um, right, yeah. So a lot of people do that ring light thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of stuff you can do, but if you got nice old school lights, old light bulbs, or you right. find a good, nice, warm ones, we've switched to a few... Um, LED ones, but they're nice and warm. Yeah, warm LEDs. Um, yeah, I I prefer that over a straight incandescent. Uh huh. A, yeah. a, a, a new it's LED a kind of. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's just my feelings too. And um, yeah, my house. That's what I like. I have warm lights all over. I, right. Once you pop on those blue ones in, in one room, yeah, you're like you walk in, <laughs> and you just don't feel. I mean, we want warmth. We want fire. We want glow. Right. That's just a yeah. human thing. Right. We, yep. we don't want the LEDs. Then you end up with a a house of blue, bright, daytime <laughs> LEDs. It's not yeah. comforting. And right. Or you have some Christmas lights that are LED, like those sharp, <laughs> those yeah. sharp blue ones that <laughs> yeah. are just, you can't look at. There's no yeah. glow. <laughs> that's, that's funny that, yeah, I have, um, <clears throat> I recently bought four little magnetic kind of spotlights so you can stick onto something and it'll give you a spot right on what you're working on. So mm -hmm. I have one attached to the grinder, one above the bandsaw, one uh, that I like to kind of move around, but I usually put it right on my vice and then I have an extra one I haven't figured out a spot for it yet. But I know when I first got those, you were like, I could tell that it was killing you to have that blue because it's that <laughs> bright right. blue LED light. And at some point you were like, 
whatever, turn it on. It's, it's the light you want, you know, you need it for the use of what it's being used for, but it definitely makes a difference. And, and I don't think about it when I'm working because it's, it's just light, you know, it's, I don't need it for the look. I need it for the brightness on what I'm working on, right? To be able to see what I'm working on so I can see it clearly. So I'll move it around. I'll put it right, you know, right where I'm seeing it. And it's funny. I know that like, uh, Mareko Mamasi, who's part of the Knife Talk podcast, he talks about putting, um, he, he used to, he actually took his, his respirator and he took one of the like backpacking headlamp lights and glued it on or attached somehow directly to his respirator, the front of his respirator. So that way he had a light facing exactly where he wanted it all the time. <laughs> it was like <laughs> facing basically from his mouth onto it. I know even Jimmy DeResta made a little mouth, like a mouth mount for like a camera so you could like put it, put it in his mouth and hold onto what? something and have like a camera mount directly. So you could be straight off from where his face is. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. But people and, and Jimmy uh, uses O lights, which we've, you know, we did, uh, we got O lights from uh, from the company O light and did a, a video a while back and that you know showed a little bit about the O light. But he he'll buy the ones and he'll clip them onto his hat, so he has the light coming directly off his hat as well. Yeah, Which, you know, I mean, as a maker, you always want as much light on what you're working on, especially right where you're looking. You know, if you're doing grinding or uh, you know fine cuts, things like that, especially with the bandsaw too. If you have light coming from the opposite side of the bandsaw, then it's going to cast a shadow from the actual saw blade one side or the other. So then you want to yeah. put like, put that, uh, put that in you know, put that light behind you. So that way it's right down on what you're talking, what, you know, what you have. Yeah. It's a, um, it's a tricky thing, but I feel even going through film school, they, you need these lights and these lights. And, and I guess I'm old enough where we didn't even have led panels. They were all the, the big giant one K 10 K. You had these huge power sipping lights that were, just monsters um right yeah but but also they would give you all these you need this this and this and then they would say well but if you have a nice light bulb nearby you Uh can use it you there i'm here Ooh, hello 19 what do we got looks like i may have lost evan for a second i don't know we'll see if you test one two there you go you're back all right i got you (laughs) (laughs) we are recording remotely Yes, we are. <laughs> um, but I was just saying, after all that stuff, they'd be like, oh, but, you know, if you have a light bulb nearby. Right. And it looks good, it looks good. And whatever right. ends up on the film, it doesn't matter what yeah. brand stuff you have. So if you do have a shop, uh, string up a bunch of old school light bulbs and it it will look good. It's just like um, if you buy uh, filament bulbs that or, or, or old school Christmas lights, warm right. lights. They can yeah. be anywhere, and it gives such a nice, warm glow, um, yeah. which is nice. So use whatever looks good. Yeah, right on. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, I did. There was a couple other comments that I wanted to talk about as well. Um, this is one that comes up a lot in uh, blacksmithing, um, and I won't. I don't know if it's true or not, but uh, this person. Uh, Ronnie Benj says, uh, Hey man, uh, me and my son are blacksmiths. And so when you quench, make sure the tip of the knife is facing North because of the magnetism. Now I have heard, uh, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that, and I've heard a lot of people say that that's completely like an old wives tale. 
I don't know <laughs> whether or not that's true or not. Uh, it makes sense, right? Yeah. And and the idea, the reason why you would do that, not not just to quench because the magnetism is because when you're quenching a blade, you're doing everything in your power to keep it from warping one way or another. Yeah. Because that's the biggest problem with when you're quenching something. Uh, so you're heating up to non-critical and then quenching it and cooling it down super fast. Now, when you cool steel down, you're all the molecules and the the comp- composition of it is is uh, it's locking together super tight and super fast. So if you cool one side down slower than the other, then one side as it cools will shrink. So because steel shrinks when it cools down, so it'll shrink. And if it doesn't shrink evenly left or right, then it'll warp left or right. Uh, so people say all the time, right? You don't want to quench with your blades facing north because then you don't have a magnetic pull, right? You don't have the natural magnetism of our of our planet pulling you to the left or to the right. Um, and all I can say to that is that it makes sense. Mm. Um, and I don't do it, but it makes <laughs> sense. There's no reason why I shouldn't do it. You know, I can always just turn my quench tank and face it north. It makes sense, uh, except for the fact that, you know, I I haven't had a ton of blades warp, and I don't really focus on that, so who knows. It's yeah. It seems like an old wives' tale. I mean, it yeah. might it might do something, but right, right, right. I don't think it. Yeah, it has that much to do with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, and like it's funny because I hear it occasionally on Knife Talk podcasts. They'll talk about it specifically as well, and they'll be like, you know, this is, uh, you know, one of those. They they always just like kind of blow it off as one of those old wives' tales, old wives' tales and stuff. So, I mean, those are experienced knife makers. Um, you know, I know Jeff and Mareko both do uh, forge knives. Uh, Mareko does all forge knives. Jeff does probably ninety-five or ninety percent uh, stock removal, and then you know ten percent forge. He's a blacksmith, and then Craig does all stock removal. But between the three of them, you know, not one or any of them specifically has said that it's like one hundred percent true or not. So, right? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Any, um, any more? Any more questions? Yeah, I have one more, and this one I want to say this one because it's really funny. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, so they say this is uh, the diesel butterfly says. Now let's see you make a railroad spike out of a kitchen knife. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so taking a uh, railroad spike and knife, making a knife out of it. Why don't you take a knife and make a spike out of it? <laughs> like that's pretty funny. They <laughs> forge this, this flat thing back down into a bar and then make a big nail out of it. And that actually might be a really funny video. Uh, it'd, be t- it'd be tough. <laughs> it would be tough. It'd be able to like get that. Uh, you have to, you know, up upset when you take something long and skinny and you smash it down till it's flat and you know or short and fat you know so you'd have to kind of upset the <laughs> steel to make it flat and do you do you know do you just forge it down and fold it and then forge weld it back together to make a railroad spike like that's actually a pretty funny pretty funny <laughs> comment pretty funny video i was like man that's hilarious yeah <laughs> so um, we'll see maybe someday we will do that maybe one day um <laughs> Uh, but I guess uh, before we, we go into our, our recommendations yep. this week, um, I want to talk about we all got sent uh, head, headphones from Isotunes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got the free, which is the like the earbuds, but the earbuds, the wireless ones. And, and which ones did you get? Uh, 
Uh, let me double check real quick. I have. They're the wired ones. Yeah. Well, right they're they're both the Bluetooth. Yeah, they're Bluetooth, but they're. Uh, but yeah, they go around the back of the neck, which yeah. I actually wanted to uh, wanted to keep. <laughs> uh, because so it was funny when when we got them so i actually reached out to craig not too long ago because he, he reached out and said that you know isotunes would like to sponsor our the makery network and sponsor our videos and and so we'd like to you know shout them out and talk about them I'm like oh that's great you know i'm more than happy to that sounds awesome um but it had been a while since i received them so i reached out to craig and and uh, and we did receive them since then um so when they showed up uh i was I was thinking, okay, this is kind of cool. You know, we got both kinds, and I'm still looking. Uh, I guess I sent the pictures of it to you in a in a text. Hold on. Yeah, you got the I'll free and the, and the wired kind. There, there's there's right. like I think there's like five or six different uh, sets that Isotunes comes out. But you had the the wired back ones. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I have the Isotunes Extra. Okay. Um, which are, uh, the, the difference between the two is that, so mine, right. Have they wired back? They're still Bluetooth, but they wrap around the back of your neck. Um, and then the ones that you got are the isotunes free, right. Which are more like AirBuds right. or AirPods, right. So they're just AirPods, the ears. Right. Yeah. So they're separate pieces, just the ears. Um, and yeah, when I, when I got them, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. You know, I, I really like the like AirPod ones. Like, oh, that's awesome. You know, like. I wonder if I could have these and never could have the other ones. And I'm like, well, really, like realistically, it makes more sense for me to have the ones that actually wrap around the back of your neck because Isotunes, you know, headphones are designed and are like OSHA compliant to be ear protection. Right. So I wanted the ones that made sense practically for me being in the shop and working. Right. And, uh, you know, putting on, putting on those headphones and listening to podcasts and listening to music, uh, they're really nice. They actually have the foam earplugs like you would have in, uh, you know, that you would actually use in a shop. So right. they the, have the those one, moldable ones. You, like, yeah. The ones you have down. to squeeze. Yeah. 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 And Squeezes. you push them to your, now they have a few different versions. Like they have the regular, uh, the plastic end of it that you can put on and all that stuff. But, um, and yeah, the, they do, the funny, yeah. the funny thing was with the freeze, they were cool. Cause I, I do have another, a pair of ones like that go around the uh, back and you can right, clip on yeah. the front. So I, the free ones, the not free, but the, the free, that's free. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> free. They, um, I was like, Oh yeah, those are kind of cool. And the, uh, the tips that go in and you squeeze, they were yeah. so quiet. I was worried that I wouldn't <laughs> hear my new baby. <laughs> so I can't, I can't use those. <laughs> now they have, they have the more kind of standard, um, Ear pl- the, like the rubber ear tip. cup, yeah, like they're like double cup tips that yep. you can hear a little bit. It's it's nice yeah. and isolating, but it's not totally, yeah, <laughs> totally. And that's a great thing. They a, do a they silent. do, you know, they come with the different versions, so you yeah, can they, wear them as like a standard, you know, the rubber ear cup. So you can put mm-hmm. them in, and they kind of come in and out real easily. But then they do have the um, the foam tip, which I really like because you know the iTunes Extra, they're OSHA compliant up to twenty seven. Um, noise reduction rating right so that's you know whatever your normal decibels decibels are for something loud in the shop it'll bring it down 27 decibels um and the the free as well they're also uh, osha rated to 22 uh, decibels which is the other reason why i suggested like well i'll take the ones i'll take the extra and you take the free yeah uh, but yeah they're yeah, but they're good yeah i i uh i, I actually uh, since I don't have a shop in my house, I used them while vacuuming. And I couldn't <laughs> vacuum, nice. so it was good. I rocked out. 
Um, they sound great. Uh, so yeah, check them out. We, we yeah. appreciate them kind of sponsoring the, I guess the whole Makery network yeah, and Makery us network. and, yeah. uh, we love them. Thanks for sending them to us. Um, Absolutely. anyone else want to send us free stuff? Come on. <laughs> we love we would it. Love to talk about <laughs> stuff on the podcast. So, you know, uh, you know, DeWalt or, uh, Milwaukee, uh, send us some stuff. <laughs> Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Sennheiser. <laughs> we Sen- need a new. We need a new mic. <laughs> Sennheiser mics, right, uh, Nikon yeah. cameras, Rode. Uh, <laughs> Anything know, else we want? <laughs> I'm a little hungry, so maybe some uh, Five Guys, <laughs> <laughs> some Festool table saws, uh, heavy seas not, beer. We got no shame. Nice. Yeah, heavy seas beer. Yeah, right. Today we're drinking heavy seas. I always drink heavy seas when I do my right. podcast. Well, if you want to do your podcast, drink heavy seas. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, but, but yeah, okay. So <laughs> recommendation. I'm going to start um, uh, mine. I'm going back to the meat eater thing because they have so much good stuff on their on their YouTube channel right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm mm-hmm. watching so much. Um, yeah, they've been putting out a lot of stuff. Oh, not only well. they just started releasing their old uh, episodes that they had on the sport network. Some some sportsman network. Um, cause if you go to Netflix and look up meat eater, they're not all there. Um, so he, he started doing like season one and every like three days there's a new episode. So I've been loving that. It's just a great hunting show. He also teaches you how to cook this stuff and he's responsible. Um, you know, he won't take shots if he thinks it's anything you know he's not like a a woohoo hunter guy i mean he's he's responsible about it and it's good you you feel okay about watching him yeah uh, kill kill other things (laughs) he he respects what he's doing and he respects the animals um but they're also they have this other show das boat where they're on their second season and they take a, a old um, usually it's like an aluminum flat bottom boat or something or, or some type of a lake skipper thing. And they, he travels not only Stephen Rinella, but he, he, uh, sends along to his buddies. Right. And they each upgrade the boat a little bit each episode oh, and they go to okay. different water and they go to, they go to different waterways. So they take the same boat, but it goes to different, um, anglers every time. Oh, that's cool. And they add things to it. It's really nice. good. Um, they just did um, their second season is up. He's got a great story of um, the Great Lakes, which he grew up on, where this old guy had this boat and it was put away, and he found it. And that this is like the boat, one of the boats he like maybe grew up on, but oh, it was like cool. the, the it was like the uh, <laughs> his his fishing mentor. This was his little boat. Right. And so now they're sending it all over the country. And uh, fishing on it. It's just a, a great series, and it's uh, YouTube-free, so you got to love it. <laughs> nice. I didn't realize that's what it was. I saw that. I just assumed that it was like a fishing version of the same meat eater. You know, it makes sense, right? He's just going out and uh, hunting and fishing his own food and, like, sustainably and uh, – mm-hmm you know, ethically as well killing. So it was, I just assumed it was that, but I, that, that's really cool. I'm excited yeah, to like watch them now. Yeah. It's, oh, awesome. it's, it's great. It's the same style, but it's just yeah. different people, all his buddies. Hey, we're going nice. to send it down here. And it's usually like, let's say Steve goes to his buddy here. Yeah. And then the next episode is his, his buddy, that guy, and then someone else. Right. So they're all oh, cool. kind of fishing different water areas and they're doing different things and you get different personalities great it's it's uh it's great check it out nice 
Cool. Well, <clears throat> my recommendation this week is a show that I've started watching recently over the last, last couple weeks or so is uh, HBO Max show called Raised by Wolves, and uh, it is really awesome. Uh, the main premise is basically there are these two androids who are known as father and mother, and they're sent from the dying Earth to a new planet to recolonize uh, a new race of people. So they're sent with these uh, human embryos and they they uh take them to term and they raise these children to uh to be a new race of humans now there's the main idea is that there is a um there there are the human population has has been torn apart and has been ruined and earth has been ruined by uh religious differences between religious parties and non-religious parties. So mm. they're being sent to be this, uh, to, to start a new planet of atheists where hopefully that religion won't come into play. And then obviously there's all these things where they're finding it really hard to, you know, keep the children from, you know, having these beliefs and understand where things are coming from. And so, but it's just so awesome because the way mm -hmm. that the, the, um, the, the two androids are, uh, they they have been programmed to be caring and to raise these children and get them prepare them to be adults and to yeah. have their own community and their their own civilization, uh, and they have some emotions right, but it's it's kind of purely based off of uh, what is beneficial or non beneficial to their mission. So they have mm -hmm. that, but they're they kind of low, you know, and so they're they're in this kind of battle between some of the children and their emotions and then the Android emotions. And, you know, and that just reminds me of the kind of good sense that adults and parents have when their children have this passionate, there's this passion to children that you want to say, I, I know what you're talking about. I've done it. I've been there, but the kids <laughs> don't understand that. You know, they just understand right. the passion. Like I want to do this. I'm passionate about this. I want to do it. You know, you don't understand me. And so <laughs> there's this battle between this kind of parent good sense and children passion. So it's, it's super awesome. And it's the first two episodes that were directed by Ridley Scott. So it has that kind of aliens feel to it. Yeah. It's he's awesome. uh, great show. what a, what a, a legend. Um, yeah. yeah, man. I, yeah, I definitely want to watch it. <laughs> I have seen some trailers and stuff. Is the first season, mm -hmm. it, do they put out the whole thing at chunk or is this come out in bits and pieces? Uh, it's it's all out. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, don't, I didn't start out. watching it until like a couple weeks ago, so it may have come out in chunks, but it's all out now. So mm. we just got HBO Max with our our AT and T phone plan and included it recently when we switched up switched you know whatever however type of plan we had and it was like oh now you get HBO Max. Huh. Like, oh, sweet. I'll have, look, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, yeah, it's Damn. awesome. Phone companies, you know, never know what you have. I know, right? Exactly. <laughs> you ask them, yeah, apparently, like, oh yeah, you've had this for a year. Yeah, well, I, don't, well, I don't know why you're paying extra. Yeah, I don't know why I'm paying extra either. You tell me. <laughs> yeah. We just realized we had like uh, Pandora Prime oh, for the last two years, which we didn't know. I've been listening to commercials on Pandora it's, forever. <laughs> it's what? so annoying the it's way the they bullshit. switch. Out. You you go into a phone company and you you like mention what your plan is. It's like, oh, we we they haven't used that for years. <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> We don't, even the old timers don't talk about that anymore. Come on in. <laughs> we'll we'll confuse you with a new plan. Sit down. <laughs> There's all sorts of extras now. <laughs> oh, no, you... we don't do that. No, no. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so one, one last bet or no bet. Will uh, humans get to Mars in 10 years? 
uh, no bet. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say bet. Yeah. I think, uh, I think 10 years, 10 years is too soon. I, I know that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Elon, Elon Musk, Musk is, is pushing. And I know that they have all the plans for that and we have rovers on Mars, but I, I think people on Mars, I, I don't, I don't foresee it happening in 10 years. Elon says like, it could be like three years, but he, he is Ooh. known for doing stuff early. Yeah. So I'm going to say bet cause he pushes stuff to the edge. Yeah. Love me some Elon. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'll say bet. You'll see no bet. We will see. We will find we'll see. out. Yeah, we'll talk about this. What is it? Uh, October 22nd, 2020. <laughs> you owe me we'll a hundred grand. In, in a couple hundred. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Dang it. In a couple hundred episodes when we hit uh, 2030, we'll, we'll know if you were right or I was right. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is fun as always. I like the no, the better no bet. I think that's something that we could carry on. That's great. Uh, and uh, if you're interested in watching the video on the railroad spike knife, we'll put a link in the uh, description of the podcast so you can find it there as well as our recommendations. And uh, yeah, you can find us over on YouTube, The Art of Craftsmanship. You can find us on Instagram at The Art of Craftsmanship. You can go over to Patreon if you're interested in supporting the channel or the podcast or what we do here. We always appreciate that. And uh, you can find us as well as a whole bunch of other really awesome podcasts on the Makery Network, makery.network. And you can find us on all your normal platforms. So we really appreciate everybody listening. Thank you so much. And we will talk to you guys next time. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons. Or the moment you discover the life-changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.